Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing the five do's and don'ts of being a favorite to win. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, we have done so many podcasts about being the contestant who is trying to mentally prepare to overcome the stigma of the runner-up or the high-performing transfer of another their system and how to overcome that. And today we're saying first runner up or perpetual top five finisher, we see you and we are here for you too. Because it is a huge mental conundrum to be able to finish so close and then do it all again and sometimes all again. And what do you keep the same? What do you change? Was it a fluke? Is it your time? So we have put together five of our favorite do's and don'ts if you are coming off a hot pageant season and are looking for your crown. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be a massive stressor. I mean, yes. cause you have the organic stress of just competing, being on stage and, you know, putting your wardrobe choices out in, in front of everyone to, to judge, you know, whether they're on the panel or not. And then you have the added pressure of maybe last year or maybe the last few previous years finishing in the top five or first runner up. So everybody's assuming, okay, this girl is either going to win or place really well. So I feel like there's that pressure to outdo yourself um, mm-hmm. you know, versus previous years and they actually win it. And everybody going to say, Oh, this is your year. And it's like, Oh my gosh, if it's not my year, it's so much. right. Then I'm like letting down my friends and my family. And it's, Oh gosh, that's a lot of pressure. But would you, cause you've been there before, right? So I haven't quite been there, but I've been in a situation where I went to a pageant and kind of unbeknownst to me, I was looked at as the favorite before I got there. And people were coming up to me and saying, oh, my gosh, you're the one. You're the prettiest girl in the pageant. I've been watching your reign for months. And, like, even just hearing that, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, what? now what? Now what? <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, those people are well-meaning. They believe they that they're being encouraging to you. And in the moment, they are. I mean, it's got to feel good to hear those things. It's when you walk away, you go to sleep at night, and you're like, the night before the competition, the night or the day of the competition, it's like, oh crap! Like, well, I got to do well. Did you watch Miss Universe prelims at all yesterday? Um, I did not. I didn't watch the prelims. I got because uh, you know we have we've got uh, Sunny there and Paige is there, and uh, mm-hmm. so they were sending me like videos and picture updates, but I didn't watch the live. So, thing. so Miss France is widely considered a favorite. I mean, she's gorgeous, redhead, short hair, like beautiful face and body and she fell during swimsuit oh yeah and like but like i don't she might not have any idea that she's a favorite we we just kind of follow the community so closely but i mean imagine the pressure and then imagine the defeat she must have felt afterwards yeah oh my god my heart breaks for her i know and i feel like um was there another contestant that fell too last night i only saw about France because I follow some people that like are obsessed with her. Uh-huh. So it was like all over my feed. I felt like the staff is telling me somebody else uh, fell too. But it, it, regardless, I mean, it's got to be, I mean, you're on the world stage right there, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then you fell and that's got to be a massive mental hurdle that she has to overcome for the rest of competition. But, yeah. you know, she's going to be a better human for it. 
Because the ability to pick yourself back up, put a smile on your face, and go back out there, that is going to develop something so deep within her that, like, no one will ever be able to take that away again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for France, there's got to be that additional pressure because, you know, France won, you know, um, the Miss Universe title a few years ago. So it wasn't like she, I mean, she was beautiful and then you got the front runner and, yeah, so... Heart goes out to Miss France and, you know, for everyone that's maybe fallen, you know, I will encourage you that you learn more from your failures than you ever do your successes. I mean, my biggest, most visible failures have left such a uh, wound, you know, that it's like, I never want this to happen again. Like, how can I protect myself (laughs) from having Mm -hmm. this happen again? It really forces you to look deep in the process. It's very painful, but the rewards are tremendous. Yes, agree. So with that, uh, we have five do's and don'ts of kind of being a favorite to win. So what's the first do or don't that you have for us? Well, the first is do go through a thorough wardrobe evaluation. And like, my goodness, this is my favorite because like shopping for any contestant is like the best part. But there is nothing like a professional photo to tell you how much you overlooked in the mirror. So many contestants don't get the opportunity to make tweaks because like for me, I competed my last year of eligibility in MAO and there was some suit at the time and I had worked so hard on my body and I had like stuffed my bikini top to high heaven because I wasn't <laughs> blessed in that area. I was like, okay, yeah, finally I got some cleavage. This is amazing. And then I got my professional photos back and the way I had stuffed it had made it sit like an inch away from my body. And I remember thinking like, how, how did I not win some prelim? I was definitely salty about it. Like everyone, again, everyone told me afterwards that they had me as their favorite and I didn't. So like, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> so like looking at the picture, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. But like how helpful would, have, would that have been if I had another year to compete and I knew, okay, don't, don't suck your bra that way. So like, buy the photos, stalk yourself on Instagram for photos so you can see all of the angles. Like people might tag you in photos or you might be in the background of photos. And like that's sometimes like if you are looking at yourself posing, you might look great. But when you turn and you're walking and you're maybe your wardrobe kind of like does something funky in the fitting, you would never have known that. So like which outfits do you feel translated well, both in photo and video? Did any need some additional nips and tucks that a tailor can fix between now and next pageant? And did any really just not translate at all and need to be fully replaced? Like you look back at photos and you're like, I thought this color would pop against my complexion. It did in my mirror, but maybe not against photos or natural lighting. So like, think about that. And I'm hoping that with everything I had that the contestants that placed in the top five or first runner up had the guts to judge, ask the judges if they had any advice after the previous pageant that you finished well, because most systems don't allow you to talk with the judges, but a quick thank you and a please let me know if you have any advice will usually translate into them offering some unsolicited feedback, which is so valuable. And if you didn't have that conversation, I was just reaching out to them now and saying something similar, unless your system is like absolutely not against the rules, but um, it's definitely worth it to get that info. Yeah, and another thing to consider too with the wardrobe evaluation is, and when you're looking at the photos is, 
you know, if you're competing in the same local or the same state and you know that they've had the same backdrop for the last, you know, three years and the likelihood of them changing it for the next is not high. So, you know, if it's a black velvet, you know, curtain behind you and then you're wearing a black velvet dress and you kind of look like a floating head, that could also take away from, you know, the, the presentation on stage or sometimes, you know, the lighting is going to wash out. Um, either your skin complexion, so maybe you need to do a spray tan or what you wore so that you can go back and, and look at it differently. So you present yourself in the best light on stage. And I get it, like watching yourself is painful. Brainworthy. Right. I mean, and just like when I listen back to the podcast in order to improve my way of presenting information to the listeners, it is, I mean, my toes curl <laughs> in my shoes and you know to you maybe my voice is not annoying or maybe it, you know it is and thank you for pressing through the podcast and listening to it anyways <laughs> um but like to me in, when you hear your your voice in the and ums or the weird pauses or whatever it just is amplified so i get it that it's cringeworthy and i would really encourage you to do it because you'll get some of your best um, tweaks or inspiration for tweaks, if you will, um, by doing that activity. Yeah, you got to keep it real. You can't <laughs> ignore it. No. All right. So that's the first. Like, do a wardrobe evaluation. What's your second do or don't? The second is don't feel like you have to reinvent yourself. And I see this so often. Contestants place in the top five and come back the following year, a total departure of the contestant I saw on stage before. So maybe they wore pink frilly and they they were first runner up and then they come back and they were black velvet head to toe. Mm. I'm like, okay, this is, this is different. This is very different. And my only exception is if you really feel like you caved to coaches or opinionated friends and didn't feel like yourself and your choices. And by all means, if that was the case, right that wrong, you should always feel like yourself in your choices. And it's always better to be disliked for who you are than love for who you're not, especially when you have to be that person who wins. If you are that like, bubbly person and you presented yourself as this edgy, sleek, sophisticated person, they're going to expect that for 365 days. So you better be prepared to emulate that personality, which can be painful if you're not being yourself. And sometimes I see contestants who won a specific category the prior year come back, change their selection the year after. And we'll get more into that in just a second. But nothing pains me more as a spectator than seeing a contestant that nailed it, try something new, and it just doesn't work as well. They just feel like they change for the sake of changing. And at the same time, like there's that pesky phrase out insanity that can make us totally question everything. And like, Stephen, you say it all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And because we're in a beauty related industry, we highly focus on the external. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I didn't win last year. And, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different mm -hmm. results. So therefore, I need to change my wardrobe to get a different result. Yep. Whereas what I would encourage you to do in this particular situation is to really evaluate your internal game. And, um, like what were your thoughts going into competition about yourself? Because mm. you're never going to win a crown that you do not believe you deserve. And so what was your thought pattern habit during competition on stage? Like when, you know, we made reference to Miss France, if you tripped up a little bit on stage, maybe not fell on your face, but maybe everything wasn't perfect. Did you start to beat yourself up? What was mm -hmm. that internal game like? And 
tweak that before tweaking the external because if you change your belief in yourself, you will change the results of your life. I totally agree with that. Very important. Okay, so that's uh, number two. What's the third do or um, don't? So the third is do remember that the judges are brand new every year. And I mean, we wouldn't need to have this podcast if the judges were the same because you know they love you anyway. So it's like, okay, just figure out what you did wrong and then adjust that and they'll love you even more. Um, But that's not the case. And the most famous phrase in pageantry is different judges, different day, different results. And what are the qualities of yourself that really can't be changed? And like, I'll ask again, like, what about you? Do you think the judges specifically loved, especially if you haven't had a chance to ask them yourself? And those innate things about you should remain strong and visible as possible because like you can't, you can change your wardrobe. You can't change your personality. So if you place first runner up, the odds are that they did like your personality. And how have you translated that, those personality traits appropriately to your wardrobe or your title holder plan and does it feel authentic and magnetic at the same time and all that other surface stuff is just luck because there are hundreds of thousands of stunning evening gowns to pick from 50% of people are going to love them 50% will hate them and you truly can't predict which your panel of judges will go for so you just have to be authentically yourself on the inside and on the things that you can't change yeah, and I would say just as a blanket statement, right, without knowing your particular situation, the person who's listening on the other on the other end, if you got first runner-up at your pageant, you were good enough to win. Mm-hmm. You, you change out one judge, the result probably would have been different. You know, so it's often not these massive tweaks. So you don't need to do a complete um, re-event of yourself like what Jesse was talking about in point number two. Because again, you were good enough to win, you just didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> you know, moving on. And yeah. so that's the whole thing. And it, as Jesse pointed out, the judges are brand new every year. They're not going to remember what you wore last year. They're not going to remember like what you, oh, you know, she she did this particular talent last year and I like that one better than this one. They're not going to remember that. So, I mean, if you're in a talent, a system that allows you to do talent, do the same talent, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, all of that to say, uh, different judges, different outcome. Okay. Exactly. All right. So that was, that was three. What's the, what's the fourth one? The fourth is don't get caught up in everyone else's expectations. And we already hit on this, but like, I'm going to say it again. Like it's a lot and we know it. And every vendor or sponsor you work with is putting all their eggs in your basket. They're like, Oh, like I can smell like this girl coming a mile away. Like she's going to take it this year. And then I'm going to be able to say I worked with Miss XYZ. And there's nothing wrong with that because like they're in it the same way you're in it to, to further yourself, further your career, further your, um, your fame and notoriety. And they're like, don't be blind that people are in this just for you because they do want to help you succeed, but they certainly have other motive to want that. And they want to be able to say, like, I took a chance to step out of the pageant box and it paid off. Like, so for example, like they might say, oh my gosh, I got this wild gown in. I've never seen anything like it before. So like, let's put it on you. And because they want to be like the forefront of making that crazy decision, they might say things to encourage you to do that. Um, even if it's not the right thing for you. And that's overwhelming. Steven, have you like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where you see, I mean, it, 
it could be from a particular retailer, for example, who just, you know, they have this dress in their store that they haven't been able to move. And then they're like, oh, just buy this one to get it out of my inventory. So you have that extreme and you have another where they took a risk in because these retailers buy these dresses on yeah. at fashion shows, you know, that mm-hmm. happened in Atlanta market and elsewhere. So they took a risk in buying it and now they have this overhead and they're like, Oh, and they see this girl walk in that has the perfect complexion for it. And she maybe mm-hmm. competes in USA, which is more fashion forward. So they're like, Oh, like you should get this dress. Yes. <laughs> like, I've only seen one other girl in here this year that could wear this dress and you know, you make number two. So I need you to buy this dress. So they could be coming from that ulterior motive. And it's just important for you to realize as a contestant that um, as Jesse said, is these businesses that are working with you naturally, and we're not saying that everyone is like that, but there are some who want to build their personal resume or get rid of inventory. Um, And at the end of the day, it's, easier for them to take a risk on you because they're not the one on stage. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's or a cha- spending the money or spending the money. Right. Um, and so it's challenging, especially, I mean, if you're, if you're under the age of 30, it really is challenging to say, this is what I want. This is what I believe. This is who I am mm-hmm. because you're, you're still figuring out those things for yourself. And I mean, even yep. me, I'm 38 now. I'm still figuring that out. And, you know, peer pressure, it's a real thing. And when you look up to someone and if you're paying someone for their advice, you want to listen to it. And it is challenging to go against the grain if everyone in the room or somebody that you respect in the room is pushing you towards one way and you don't really feel it within yourself. Like, I don't feel like this is right for me. But at the same time, I don't want to push against the grain or against them. Like my wife would have no problem whatsoever. She she's amazing in that way where she's like, nope, this is what I like. This is who I am. Like it's is what it is, you know. Whereas me and my personality, I'm like, okay, I'll trust your opinion over mine. Mm-hmm. You know. And a lot of contestants feel that way, so we have to make sure. Like, you just have to think. You, even people you think you can trust outside your family, and I hate to say this, just be cautious. It doesn't mean that they don't have your best interests at heart. It just means like really think about what's best for you and rely on the people that you love the most to help you be that filter. And I would say like the next part of that step is realizing that everyone might mean well by telling you this is your year and you're your favorite and any other compliment they can think of. And this is what we talked about at the very beginning of this today's episode. However, like what they don't realize is the mental strain it puts on you as a contestant and they think they're building you up, but in reality they're adding that unwanted pressure. And I want you to prepare yourself for this. And this is what I suggest write down these lovely positive things and like in that moment soak in like how great it is to hear that and enjoy that confidence but my honest advice is to rip them up and throw them away like after you've like enjoyed the confidence build rip it up throw it away and be like okay cool like on to the next because the more these things go to your head and the more you feel you feel these third party expectations weighing down on you the harder it's going to be and the only opinion and stress that matters is yours mm. I I love that so much. And and so the reason why I love that is if you rely on external factors, like someone else's opinion of you, someone else's praise of you to increase your Mm self-worth, then you're always at the mercy of other people. So one of the practices, and it's very similar, it's just said in a slightly different way to what Jesse just said, is that if someone compliments me, I'm like, okay, thank you, because it does it does feel nice to receive a compliment, but I don't take it to heart. 
And I, I generally just don't believe it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's great. But it's hard for me. It really is genuinely hard for me to wrap around when someone does compliment me. Like, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. Like, like you really see that in me? But it, so I just disbelieve it. But by default, when someone criticizes me, I also disbelieve that. You know, mm. so if someone complimented me and I believed it and I hung on that and that increased my worth, then by default, I would also have to believe and hang on it and let it affect my self-worth when someone says something negative to me. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, Pageant Planet does something goofy and people um, <laughs> accidentally lose their mind. Yeah. On social media and just start mm-hmm. like ram basting. Like, you know, I have this, you know, <laughs> need to exclude certain people from pageantry and all this stuff and it's like if i took people's compliments on and really like this defined me i would also have to take on all that criticism and that would have probably pushed me out of business years and years ago um so the thing is what what jesse is saying is just don't take it too serious don't take other people's opinions too serious well, I have two quick things. One, I think it's lambasting. What I say? Rambasting. Oh yeah, lambasting. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, okay. no. You are right. It's it's um, lambasting. I, okay. Yeah. So my apologies. Thank you for you, calling me out. You on emphasize that. the ram. So I was oh. like, that doesn't <laughs> ram basting. I was like, is it? Is it ram? Is it? <sighs> what was, was the like, other? Yeah. What? What was the other thing that you called me out on? Oh, regardless. You used to say irregardless. I didn't call you out on the podcast, so I was very nice and waited. You were very nice. No. Not this time, Stephen. You've uh, run out of chance. (laughs) (laughs) Which I appreciate. I'm from a very small city um, in Ohio, borderline West Virginia, and, you know, grammar down there, grammar rules is optional. You don't have to follow. Well, and we're teaching people interview tips. So I want them to know <laughs> that they have someone in their corner that's going to get them where they need to be. It's why you're the uh, queen of coaching and why I'm just the CEO, right? <laughs> well, you have all the you have all the important skills. Uh, um, the other thing I was going to say is a study came out, and I wish I remembered the source, about millennials and compliments. And one of the reasons they're so unhappy in their in their workplaces or their jobs is because they take the positive comments too heavily and they totally reject the negative feedback. Mm. So like they're like, well, I should be further along because look at listen to all these nice things that have been said about me, but then they get the 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 contrary and they can't accept it or like so they're just they're disproportionately weighing compliments and criticism. Yeah. Well, I thought that was interesting. Well, which makes it really does make sense if you think about it from a psychological standpoint. So like if you really and this might seem to contradict what I said earlier. I, I get that. But if you really take in uh, somebody's praise and this defines your self-worth, by default, if someone starts to criticize you, you have to immediately shut down. And you can't mm-hmm. see any kind of truth in that because it would impact you too much. So you're like, yep. I'm not listening to that. You're, you are wrong, not me. Because these other people said... I'm awesome. And for you to say I'm not awesome in any way, I just categorically reject that. But that's also it's like you cannot let that in because it means too much to you. And I will say that I've got a lot of flaws. Um, I, I really do. However, one of the things that I feel like we do well as an organization and that I do well as a person is take that in. And it's painful. Mm-hmm. Um 
but I do take it in and we learn so much as an organization from even the lambasting <laughs> that we occasionally <laughs> receive on social media. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So, so essentially, and this is why social media is so dangerous is you can't find your validation in others' opinions and words in either direction. You have to be able to recognize your worth and what you bring to the table on your own outside of that. That is the moral of the story of that very long rant. Yeah. So good. Valuable. Okay. Yes. Um, so, okay. We talked next about one. everyone else's expectations. Okay. So what's the fifth one? This would be the last one. So do prepare like you have something to prove. So like, heck yes, you should have a chip on your shoulder. Those fools, those judges, they overlooked you last year. Mm -hmm. So like I say this with a grain of salt, of course, because I'm a firm (laughs) believer, as I'll soften my tone, that everything happens for a reason and your timing is exactly what it's meant to be. But I do want to inspire you to have a fire in your belly, to have that swag of they will regret not picking me again. So you should be preparing like it has been several years in a row without making the top five. Like be hungry. Do not for a second think that you have this locked up. And that type of complacency can lose you the title. And I have seen it happen. They're like, you know what? Like it's my year. Like I'm just going to lay back. And whether or not like you have more time to compete, like compete as though this is your last time. Like that's how hungry I want you to be. Yeah. It's just great advice. So yeah. Um, okay, if you were to wrap up all five of these points, because we covered a lot, a lot, and took some tangents and all that, as we you know, are known for tangents, uh, never <laughs> us, absolutely not. So, if you were to summarize this, how would you do that? So, in summary, there's no right or wrong way to proceed when you're return, a ter- returning finalist or highly successful contestant from another system, where people are just eyes on you. The biggest advice I can give is to trust yourself and pull in people on your team that are objective with mostly nothing to gain that will just think about your success. If you love last year's evening gown, wear it again. If you've placed first runner up and really feel like you didn't love it, your evening gown, change it. Do not allow outside pressures to influence you too much. The judges will feel your authenticity and your choices and you want them to fall in love with that side of you. Do not look at other contestants and compare them to you. You should be comparing yourself to them as though you are coming in for the first time. So with that attitude change, light that fire and do the work. Mm. And thank you so much for listening. And if you've received any benefit from the show or for once previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. And we would like to, I would like to apologize for, we didn't do an episode last week. Um, the reason why we didn't do an episode last week, somehow the microphone or the recording software, it didn't record my side of the conversation. So <laughs> when we went to upload here we it, are again. Yeah, so here we are again, a repeat performance. But uh, that's why we didn't do an episode last week, but we will be uh, back on schedule, um, well, starting today. So again, I appreciate it so much. And if you received any benefit, give us a five-star review, leave a comment, hit us a like on YouTube, all that good stuff. And we appreciate you so much. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.